Welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast, the photo imaging industry's leading news source. Here's your host, Gary Peugeot. The Dead Pixel Society podcast is brought to you by Media Clip, Photo Finale, and Advertech Printing. Hello again and welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. I'm your host, Gary Peugeot, and today we're joined by Paul Barron, the founder and CEO of The Wall Printer. Hi, Paul. How are you today? Hi, Gary. Nice to be here with you and your audience. So, Paul, you're a serial entrepreneur. Can Before you got into The Wall Printer and before we get into the details of what that is, what's a little bit about your background? Well, I won't bore your audience with Paul was born at a very young age and start from there. Uh, But suffice to say, I do have uh, quite a varied experience. I like to sum it up by saying I'm industry product service agnostic. Um, Mm -hmm. I've learned early on the hats I like to wear and the hats I don't like to wear. And while I have worked in the corporate world, um, I have founded businesses across food service, consumer packaged goods, software and technology. Um, various um, other service and product-based businesses. And uh, I learned early on that what I enjoyed doing was the relationship management, identifying high-value customers, targets, vendors, strategic relationships to help grow a company from here to there. So Mm -hmm. most recently, and since I'm 70 years old, most recently to me is the past four decades. Uh, In the past four decades, I've taken foreign products that have either approached me or that I've identified as having low traction or no traction here in the United States and help those companies identify their audience, find Mm -hmm. their partners, um, grow revenue, possibly to scale, to partner, to exit. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've done that as a hired gun. I've retired Mm -hmm. several times throughout the years. Um, I've had my successes. I've had my, what I like to call lesser successes. We don't like to use the word failure, but um, there it is out there for your audience. We have those too. And uh, and again, a better term would be learning experiences for those. Um, but uh, here I am where uh, following retirement about three years ago, um, continuing to look at and be appro- being approached by people who know my background. I decided I was not going to work for anybody as a hired gun anymore, which is typically what I had been doing commission sales or some type of equity or whatever. Um, But I said, if I'm going to do this anymore, I'm going to own the product. I'm going to find something that really knocks my socks off um, and fits all the boxes to become a successful growth company and, uh, and help other people in their quest for independence, financial or personal, uh, Mm -hmm. and let them help, help them find their passion. I found a vertical printing machine. Um, I was approached actually by a competitor Um, a German manufacturer that wanted me to market their product here in the United States. And while I love the product, found it very fascinating, had never seen anything like it before, could not work out the deal with them that I wanted, as I described to to you and your audience a moment ago. And uh, there was no equity opportunity for me. So I left them but said, hmm, I've never seen this before. I kind of think of myself, Gary, as a as a consumer capitalist, whatever uh, label you want to put on it, somebody who if he sees something and he can afford it and he finds that it is a solution to a problem or something of, of interest, um, um, I'll buy it um, or use it. And uh, and this was a case where I saw a product that I had never heard about or seen before, sure. um, which raised my eyebrows and said, let me learn more. And as I did that, 
Now, the first thing I normally do is I say to my wife from another part of the house, hey, Maureen, come here and take a look at this. Normally, when she hears me say that, rather than come to my office and see what I'm talking about, she cuts up my credit cards and hides the bank account because she says, oh, here we go again. Paul's going to invest in something crazy. I thought you retired. I thought you retired. I thought you retired. And and if not, here we go, investment in something nuts. Um, So, But this time she was all in when she saw this. And so I did my homework. I found out that there were only about a half a dozen, literally a handful of manufacturers worldwide, none of them here in North America or South America, because they were based in either Germany, China, Australia, India. They hadn't come across the pond, so to speak, because the product does take, it's a commercial printing machine that does take some hand-on training, instructions, um, uh, parts, inks everything else that goes along with the printing machines. And again, that might speak to your audience a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. On the other hand, this is not a photo quality $150,000 flatbed printer that prints signs and posters uh, of the typical tools of the trade of the signage industry Mm -hmm. Um, or photographic quality. It is near photo quality. It prints 1440 DPI, which um, unfortunately your audience doesn't have the benefit of a video in this conversation, but they could certainly go to thewallprinter.com and in 15 mm-hmm. seconds, you'll see what this machine does and yeah. get it. Um, and it is, a, it is just an excellent, reliable, rapid um, implementation of any vector digital formatted image onto any wall surface, indoors mm-hmm. or outdoors. Doesn't Wall doesn't have to be smooth. It just has to be vertical. It could be brick. It could be wood, stucco, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. It could be a garage door. Um, it could be glass, tile, metal. Doesn't matter sure. as long as it's a wall. Um, and we actually have floor printers too that print mm-hmm. on tile or metal or wood floors. Um, and we print faithful digital images um, onto these um, surfaces or substrates mm-hmm. and allow for just another alternative to... Um, muralists and uh, posters and mm-hmm. vinyl stickers and things such as that, which also have their places. We don't do vehicle wraps. We don't do, um, right. we don't do curved surfaces. Um, but, uh, but that's really what it was. And it just fascinated me. I kicked the tires of all five manufacturers, settled on the one that was not only the oldest, but what I considered the best one feature-wise, technology-wise, had an installed base at the time, 2019, when I got into this business of about 500 users. With my assistance and support, they've now expanded that to about 750 worldwide. And I've put in the past two years, 75 new businesses in place with uh, people owning and operating these machines and exclusive territories in which to operate those businesses. Mm. And that's where we are. So tell, tell a little bit about the equipment because, uh, you know, how, how tall, how, how high up can it go in terms of a wall in terms of, because, I mean, if you look at the videos, which I encourage all the listeners to to go and I'll put some links in the description to some of the videos. Is there one machine or are there different sizes of machines that are available? So there are different machines, but only because of the type of inks they use. We have UV ink machines and we have water-based ink machines. Mm -hmm. The water-based ink machines require a porous surface like wood or wallboard, sheetrock, something that is absorbent, uh, porous, and generally an indoor surface. Uh, the UV ink can go on any surface, indoors or outdoors, whether it's porous, like what I've just described, um, mm-hmm. sheetrock metal, uh, sheetrock wood, um, stucco. Um, but it can also put, be printed onto plastic, metal, tile, glass, and mm-hmm. still be vibrant. 
Um, the UV ink dries with a heat lamp, so it prints a little bit slower. The water-based ink printers have ink that dries in the air. So there, te- the technology in those printers can print much faster. Right. Um, uh, 20 square feet per hour versus up to 350 square feet per hour. Um, mm-hmm. That's the speeds of the various printers, whether it's UV ink or water-based ink. Now, as far as the size of the images, there's no limitation except by obstacles. Um, unlike vinyl stickers or wallpaper or hand painting, the machine does require about 12 to 13 inches all around it. So it doesn't go edge to edge, wall to seal, floor to ceiling. Right, um, right. It's designed it's designed for our customers to set their customers' expectations appropriately. This is wall art. It is mm-hmm. designed to put art onto walls, near right. photo quality reproductions. You're mm-hmm. not going to see the eyes on the seagull in some big scene of some 10 foot by 20 foot mural, um, but there's no limit to the height of a machine uh, that you can print. If you think right. a window washer, for example, on a skyscraper, Gary, right. so, you can, so, go, so, so, you so can you put, put it on a, on a scaffolding type device to raise Correct. it and lower it, right? Okay. So Correct. The software like- that you get, there's two software applications, one that operates the machine, one that lets you stitch images where one image ends, another image could start. So you could right. stitch images one on top of the other to get unlimited height. Uh, all you need is a scaffold and a forklift to bring that printer mm-hmm. up. Um, right. You know, my dad used to call those things rich man problems. Um, if, <laughs> right. somebody wants to, if somebody wants a 50-foot high mural, my machine can do it, but you have mm-hmm. to rent these other products and pass those expenses through to the customer. But it can be done. And that's okay. the nature of the technology. So are you the only source for the inks, or are there distributors, or are there any special inks that go so with we, this? Or I think yes is the answer to all of that. Um, <laughs> okay. we, we, we are the manufacturer of the inks. We learned mm-hmm. early on that importing inks um, is an arduous process to go through customs and everything else. So we identified ink manufacturers that work closely with our factory. Um, our printers use industry standard Epson Japanese manufactured print heads, mm-hmm. um, but the inks are formulated specially for these print heads. Mm-hmm. And so to, to allow the, the software and the machines to work properly and keep mm-hmm. those inks flowing smoothly without clogging and everything else mm-hmm. that is the bane of many printing uh, machines, sure. it does require regular maintenance. Uh, mm-hmm. These machines should have somebody hands-on for one to two minutes a day to make sure that the inks are flowing through so that when you want to actually do a wall print, mm-hmm. uh, the inks are flowing properly. Uh, but it's a very simple maintenance process, not right. unlike what every printer uses, a uh, little pump spray test uh, where you get those square boxes and you make sure everything is coming through sure. nicely in all the colors. But we use five, li- five a supply of ink is six liters of ink. We use mm-hmm. CMYK and white. Uh, mm-hmm. We are the only vertical printing machine in the world. And there's a patent that I own with the manufacturer um, that we developed to employ white ink behind images. So mm-hmm. you can even print on dark surfaces or glass and the UV ink will still pop out and be very vibrant. Um, mm-hmm. Even even the German printer that first approached me, which cost twice as much as our printer, mm-hmm. and no disrespect to anybody in your audience with German heritage, um, I drive a BMW, I cook with, <laughs> I cook with Henkel knives, um, I value a well-engineered product. But just right. because something says made in Germany does not warrant it costing $40,000 versus the $24,000 that our printer costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, in fact, printed 1440 DPI. Their product prints at 600 DPI, and they mm-hmm. do not even deploy white ink. We do. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of features that we, we offer, which is the reason why I settled on this particular manufacturer. So where, where is this manufactured at? What, we manufacture it? in China, but okay. we, do, we do add, as I said, we manufacture our own inks here in the United States. Many mm-hmm. of the computer components are here 
in the United States, homegrown. We add electric to it to comply with laws in Canada, the United States, and South America. Those are all my territories that I own. I own the entire Western Hemisphere for this company's products, and we add our own, um, not not besides the technology aspects I just described, we also um, have translated everything to the languages of our markets, whether it be Mm -hmm. English, Spanish, Portuguese, French, Canadian, um, and also all the learning and training materials and instructional materials, marketing content for people to be able to populate their own social media or websites. We're not a franchise. We don't reach into people's pockets and take royalties and revenue. We don't require you. Call, we don't. Well, require, well, you're selling them ink, so there is a recurring. But there's a recurring revenue, revenue that they need. There, that, obviously, that's correct. So, yeah, but, I mean, you don't need a franchise for that when you're. That's, that's correct, and they don't have to. They don't have to. In fact. They're not encouraged to call themselves the wall printer because most of our customers fall into one of two categories. They're either startups who see this as an innovative solution and they want to do that, or they're people like your audience that is in the printing, um, art, photography, um, Mm -hmm. signage industry, and they see this as additional revenue with something else. I just caution people in the signage and printing industry to understand that this is an inkjet printer that sprays ink onto a wall in large scale sizes, but it, and while you can print very fine text, um, so you could use this to personalize office doors on glass or something like that, similar to what's being done with uh, little vinyl stickers and things like that. You can do that with our wall printers as well, but it's not designed to be a photographic reproduction. Area. You know, at 1440 resolution, if you're looking at it 10 feet away, which is, you know, most people... Would, you don't notice the difference. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if you're going to go up and with a loop and look at it... Yeah. I mean, you may you may get a slight band, but again, it's that's something that most people... Total, whatever imperfections there are in the use of these vertical printing machines that spray ink onto walls, whatever imperfections there are, are overlooked by the overall picture and, right. old, and and so you pick your audience. The one nice thing about wall printing, there's no lacking walls. People can <laughs> exactly. put this in, in Everyone's residences. got at least four. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and there are residences, there's hospitals, there's restaurants, there's commercial buildings, there's schools. These are all individual markets that can be exploited um, for its need for having wall art. So you're not a franchise, but you do. your people do have territories, correct? Yeah, we're not a franchise, but yes, we offer territories. And right, what okay. we do is what, what we do is based on population. We will mm-hmm. offer an exclusivity to an area mm-hmm. based on their budget. And then our guarantee is that we don't sell to anybody else. We only support them in their growth. They mm-hmm. also pay a fee for that. But at the same time, that fee gets them a discount on the price of the machines mm-hmm. because sometimes you could wear one of two hats when you're a territory owner. You could provide the services, which is really where the margins are, and that's where the real revenue is. But you sure. could also resell the machines to other people in your territory. So right. we provide the machines at a discount. We also obligate you because we have taken that territory off the market and we won't sell to anybody else in that territory. We obligate you to grow that market. So in a year, two years, five-year period of time, whatever the agreement is based on the population, you may then have to buy mm-hmm. after your first printer, a second, third, or more printers. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Photo retailers, energize your sales with ShareMeChat, the proven texting platform. Using chat to text on your website keeps your customers connected and buying. See us at Pro and IPI to find out why dealers using ShareMeChat close more sales without adding staff. Find out more at ShareMe.chat. 
Now, one of the things you had happen, you started in 2019 is, you know, you had COVID come in. Yep. Did, did you see a lot of interest in new people looking to start up businesses during that time period? Because that's one of the things that I noticed was there was actually sort of a startup mentality where people listen, I, you know, I got laid off from my job at XYZ. I want to start my own thing. So COVID was bad for my relationship with my wife at the time. Um, when I say bad, it was not ever, never in jeopardy. But when I say bad, I mean that she said, boy, Paul, November 2019 is when I received my first shipment of machines. And, Jan- and then in January of 2019 is when the world shut down. I'm sorry, January of 2020 is when the world shut down due to COVID. So there I was with a dozen machines that nobody's ever seen, heard about, knows how to use, all in Chinese. And there I sit with a warehouse full of them and basically nobody who knows what the heck it is. And and, and there's no events you can present them at. You can't go to trade shows. You can't do anything like that. So, But I was all in, um, as foolish or as optimistic as you might want to describe me. Um, and, And so I used that opportunity to build my team, learn Mm -hmm. about the machines, build the social media and marketing to find out who wants this, communicate how you make money with this machine. And lo and behold, eight months down the road, after a couple of million impressions and people seeing videos and getting a little bit interested in that, we were able to leverage that audience you described of people who have been either laid off or working remotely, which turned out to be a really positive for us because it did we did find exactly as you said, Gary, people were rethinking their lives and their livelihoods. They were saying, do I want to go back to the office? Do I want to work for somebody? Do I want to be more independent? Do I want to have more control of my financial destiny? Am I willing to take a risk on something? So we approached all of those types of people along with just introducing the technology into North Mm -hmm. and South America. And we identified based on their responses, um, people who would then come to visit with us when travel opened up or have Zoom calls with us, which was great. Most of the first um, 20 or 30 uh, companies that we put into business with machines never came here and actually kicked the tires, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It, it was all through Zoom and remotely. Um, but then when things opened up, mostly on the East Coast first, because we're based in Wilmington, North Carolina. So uh, we, we have a very large number of printers in Florida, um, up through Virginia and Boston, um, area and then it gradually expanded um, west to Chicago to Arizona to California and mm-hmm. um, north into Canada south into Mexico and South America. Uh, whereas I mentioned earlier, we have about seventy-five uh, new businesses that have been created in the past basically eighteen months. So, what's the ROI on someone? Let's say, for example, you have someone, let's say, a husband and wife team who come to you and they say, you know, I want to uh, have a business doing this, me and my wife, and maybe somebody else. A truck driver or something, and they come to you and they, I don't know if they lease the equipment or if there's a. No, you buy fee. it. There's yeah. a, so, so there, so, there, there is so, leasing so, available. We don't provide it directly, but it's right. a piece of capital equipment. But I mean, so, so for example, typically speaking, how many, I don't know how you measure it. So how much, how many square feet do you have to paint or how well, many jobs okay. do you have to do before you really start seeing the revenue I, coming? In? I, I get what you're asking. And, mm-hmm. and basically uh, I'll, I'll try to put this in as, as simple example terms as possible. First off, first off, we try to set expectations realistically, always mm-hmm. believe in over-delivering and under-promising. And when you're starting a new business, you have to understand that the price of your equipment, which is anywhere from twenty-five to $30,000, let's say the price of a of a car, um, although 
that's probably a very inexpensive car these days, but for the price of a car and to put into your terms of leasing and cost of money. So that's like a 500 to $600 monthly expense, let's say on a five-year loan, if that's what you're going to do or a five-year lease. So using that as a basis for cost of money, but understand also to set expectations appropriately, business is not just the purchase of the machine. As you right. said, you need a transport vehicle. You need somebody to operate that machine. You need to feed yourself and your family. Um, you have to have insurance. You have to have, um, you know, maybe a bookkeeper or, you know, whatever. Um, you have to have your own social media marketing in your local market. So all of these normal expenses of business have to be considered too. But as far as the machine costs go, then mm-hmm. let's look at that $500. If you take, for example, a five foot by eight foot piece of wall art, mm-hmm. all right, that's a nice large mural in somebody's home or office. So that's 40 square feet. 40 square feet has about 10 to $15 worth of ink in it. It takes about two hours to print it. Mm-hmm. And let's say another two to three hours to go to that site, wherever it is, to prep the you machine, prep, to do you some practice, set up and, you know, yeah. all that stuff. So let's say five hours at, at $20 an hour to put somebody on that machine. And again, if you, the, the machine does not require advanced technical expertise. Yeah. Um, so you could, I could say $15 an hour, but let's say $20 an hour. So it costs $100 in labor. It costs another $15 in ink. Let's go crazy. Say $125 in costs. Okay. Mm-hmm. $125 in costs. Typically, you're going to get minimally, and I use an example of $15 a square foot because that's what a professionally installed vinyl sticker will go for. And in fact, I I know people in that industry and they're charging $20, $25 per square foot. Um, I still can't get the the screen saver on my cell phone to go on without bubbles in it. So I don't know how people put on wall size, <laughs> wall size stickers without getting bubbles and lining right, up yeah, yeah. seams. And it's all that an art. Stuff. That's for sure. Especially it's, like on vehicles and all that, right? It's, it's a professional art. That's, that's true. And they deserve what they get for it. But using that as a basis, as a comparable, if I took $20 a square foot for a four, five by eight, 40 square feet, that's an $800 return on about $125, $150 worth of expenses. Let's say there's another, throwing even another $50 to $100 for practicing that print before you went to that customer site mm-hmm. and using the bank and everything else. So say $200. So now on one five by eight, you've gotten back a net profit of uh, a gross profit of $600. That mm-hmm. pays for your machine. One print like that a month pays for the machine. Now, of course, mm-hmm. you've got, so the ROI is tremendous in the services part of this business. Um, it's just a question of, like I said earlier, there's no lacking walls. How many right. walls can you do? You know, how many printers do you want on, on in your company um, to take mm-hmm. on multiple walls, multiple jobs, um, and and just go ahead and do this one day a week, five days a week, seven days a week. It's really up to you. There's no limit to the revenue that you so, can get. So, so, so you got 75 machines in North America and South America. Are those split across what about how many different companies? Because you said you have people with multiple multiple machines. I'm just I'd trying say to get about, an idea how sixty five companies, sixty five okay, so new businesses. Okay, so there's still a lot of opportunity out there for someone who wanted to get in. Oh yeah, that. I mean my business model, just to sum it up really easily, um, the United States has the method to my madness when I took on this business and determined that yes, people can make money doing this was that there's 300 million people in the United States. God willing, after COVID settles down, there'll still be 300 plus million people here. Mm -hmm. And so that's uh, on a territory size, which our minimum territory size is a 300,000 population, because we know that will grow to three wall printing machines out Mm -hmm. there on the streets in a three year period of time. So 
300,000 people, that means there's a thousand territories that I can sell in the United States and then I can put people in business. Today, I have 65. So right. yes, there's a lot more upside than anything else. Right. Okay, cool. So where does someone go to get more information on either buying or leasing the machine or learning more about the company? Yeah, just go to our website, thewallprinter.com. Thewallprinter.com. And uh, there's a contact page. You fill out a form. So we have an accurate email. We send you information. We'll arrange a Zoom call like you and I are having right now. uh, And we'll get to know each other. We'll find out if this is something that's a fit. And, uh, And then move from there. People can come and visit us. There's mm-hmm. no charge. We'll spend a few hours with you to show you the machines, um, let you see them printing, let you understand the technology a little bit. Um, but understand this is less a technology business opportunity as it is a business opportunity. Right. Um, and so we, we try to impress that upon people, especially those in the arts and the, and the business. Um, it's a compliment. It gives you another way to put your art on walls uh, mm-hmm. or to create signage. Um, Mm-hmm. posters, things like that. But ultimately, um, it's it's a business opportunity to uh, either increase your revenue through alternative um, sources of putting art on walls or greenfield startup opportunity for people who just want to get into something innovative and, and, uh, and don't mind raising their hands, taking the risk, being the first kid on the block to do something. And getting their hands dirty. With our, with our package, Gary, we even include plastic gloves for that. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you, Paul, for your time and your expertise and best wishes for the future success of the wall printer. Thank you, Gary. I look forward to getting to know you and your audience better should they wish to reach out to us. Thank you for listening to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. Read more great stories and sign up for the newsletter at www.thedeadpixelssociety.com.